Welcome to Noclip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Dredge, a game that was developed by Black Salt Games, published by Team 17, and released in 2023 on Windows, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and the Switch. But first, if you can give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. So, Dredge is... When I was told about Dredge the very first time, uh, I was like, wow, Dredge is like exactly the game that I want to play. They were like, this is a Lovecraftian horror fishing game. And I said, that's very funny. And like a genre (laughs) blend that I've been wanting... Uh, and so I got it immediately and I started playing it. Uh, and then as I was playing the game, I was like, we actually should do this for the podcast. Uh, obviously we waited until Halloween. Uh, and then only after that w- did it like blow up. There was like a period of time and it wasn't a long one mm-hmm. where this game was just like really popular for some reason. And I cannot wrap my head around it. I don't know why. Uh, it, it might just be, like, the genre mashup. Like, like Lovecraft fishing game. It just is really clever, I think. Because, uh, yeah, like, obviously, thematically, they go together. And, like, mm. I don't know, that kind of, like, I don't know, just controlling a little boat and, like, sailing around and fishing feels like it would be, like, just really big uh, in the indie game space right now. That does make a little bit of There's sense. There's like a and, yeah. cozy element to it, almost. If you ignore, <laughs> oh, we, yeah. If you ignore all the horror parts, right? Yeah. So it wasn't the genre blending so much as it was the genre <laughs> ignoring that really made it big. Uh, yeah, and for people who like are not uh, Lovecraft nerds, like uh, using water as a way to bulwark evil is like a big theme throughout a lot of his stuff. Uh, so yeah, the genre blending does make a lot of sense, and it's one of those things where, like, we've probably gotten, if I'm thinking about it really hard, I might be able to come up with some other thing that is used an element of this, where, like, the fishing some in a game, because every game has fishing, <laughs> uh, has, like, some Lovecraft element to it, uh, but, like, this is, this is a game that is, like, purely dedicated to that, uh, in an aesthetic way mm-hmm. uh, fishing isn't just a mini game <laughs> c- correct it is the full game well it is also a mini game mm-hmm. within the game uh but i think a lot of people might just refer to that as a mechanic incl- <laughs> including me yeah you know <laughs> just the, those little mini games within the games yeah it's like when you're playing dark souls you pre- you do the press r1 mini game mm-hmm. to attack it's a tough one <laughs> Uh, what I'm saying is that this is the Dark Souls of fishing. Of course. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> now, I think... I don't know... I, I, I don't know if this is exactly the best place to begin, but I think it's the thing that most, like a Lovecraftian horror, resides in the back of my mind and <laughs> slowly drives me insane about this game. Uh and that is just like how successful do you think this game is at 
not necessarily even being scary. Ooh, Halloween, <laughs> uh, which at the time of recording is tomorrow, and at the time of release will be a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like at portraying cosmic horror. Um, I actually am surprised to hear you bring this up right off the bat, because that was like the first thing that came to my mind, too. And I thought I was maybe just being like a nitpicky asshole about it. Um, <laughs> I feel like, like, uh, like, uh, HP Lovecraft, like cosmic horror style stuff works really well in mm. literature, where your imagination has to fill in, do a lot of the work. Um, and whenever I see it translated to a visual medium, it always feels very like Lovecraft 101. You know, like um, my, my favorite piece of uh, Lovecraftian horror that I've interacted with that wasn't written by H.P. Lovecraft is The mm-hmm. the Fisherman, the novel we read recently. That's true, uh, yeah. And I think that is really successful because it takes like Lovecraftian ideas and does a, its own thing with them. Uh, whereas like this, I think it's really clever how like they came up with the gameplay concept around the idea of there being like a Cthulhu monster affecting all these fish and you do like a fishing game around that. But then like, yeah, like the story, I think is just really simple. Yeah, I, I think there is a essentially a curse on every game that attempts to do cosmic horror. And it is it's just because it's such a difficult genre to pull off. It's even much to my fucking dismay, a really difficult genre to even describe Mm -hmm. because the thing that makes cosmic horror work is a, is the fear of the unknown. And when you do it, like you said, in a visual medium, instantly, a huge chunk of that unknown is has to be gone mm-hmm. by definition. Like if you're going to show a monster, you've already thrown part far. of your concept in the trash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which this game unfortunately does kind of do. And, and there, there are other ways to accomplish the same goal using character work and like the ideas of madness that are prevalent in Lovecraft work. But like, this game and this game does incorporate that to an extent, but because it is so, uh, and we'll talk about this later, but like it's so management and meter focused mm-hmm. at like in its gameplay, I feel like the it feels more like a coat of paint than it does like a deep down root of its actual storytelling, mm-hmm. um, which is unfortunate. Uh, Though you did bring up a good question, which is, do I like the fishermen mm. more or less than Bloodborne? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> because I do want to say, there are two games that we have done in the past uh, on this podcast mm-hmm. that I think do do cosmic horror well, and it is Bloodborne and it is World of Horror, mm-hmm. um, both of which specifically do not... Well, uh, <laughs> Bloodborne is a little bit more iffy, and yeah. I, this is probably not the time to go on a deep dive about it. But like, they d- they specifically don't show you like who is pulling the strings until certain parts of the game. Wink, wink. Like there are things that'll happen in both games where you get sort of a glimpse behind the curtain, mm-hmm. but it's never f- a full on thing. And like, you don't get that in this game. 
but also you don't really feel like you're being puppeted or like anything is really driving you crazy. It's a game about somebody who's already gone crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's too like uh like you said meter focused. Mm-hmm. Like the madness meter uh which we can segue into this in a minute if we're not done with this conversation, but like I found really <laughs> easy to manage. Like uh-huh. I I think if it was easier to like let it trip over into madness mode, it might feel more like you're going crazy trying to manage it. Yeah. It, like something that yeah, it, it putting some of that stress onto the player, which mm-hmm. the game never quite successfully pulls off. Um, I have some standout moments in the game, but there are also other parts that I think just like just weren't handled as well. Um, and I don't know. I, I will say that we are recording this within a month of the game's first DLC, mm. uh, which comes out in a couple of weeks. Uh, that is set in like an Arctic zone uh okay interesting yeah i I never would have guessed this was gonna get dlc yeah no i wouldn't either but i remember seeing it on steam as like a a, like an update it was just like hey dredge owners there's some (laughs) dlc coming out and it's been delayed a couple times at this point but like uh they will get i guess another bite at the apple uh, mm-hmm. But if you're listening to this very reasonably within like a month of its release, some of this content might, is only <laughs> it's only reflecting like the base game of Dredge. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, no, I it's just I think I think we both kind of settled on it. It was like the, the, I like the aesthetic choices that they make to uh, incorporate the more abstract elements of Lovecraft but they never quite commit to it on like a thematic level in a way that makes it actual horror or mm-hmm. at least actual cosmic horror it's more grit like a monster movie horror than anything else yeah I think it, it almost gets there though like I think if it had it leaned it would have to lean more into the visual novel stuff because mm-hmm. like I think like um I I got the bad ending uh I so I went back to get the good ending and I, I don't know if I can, but I, mm. yeah, I also get the bad ending. Yeah. Like I think, you know, so I, I uh, looked up what the good ending was and I think it's got like the most actual like Lovecraftian stuff in there, like hidden away <laughs> for, um, cause yeah, like either your, your character you're playing as is actually the guy that the you're collector. bringing all the yeah the collector which i thought was really cool like a cool twist uh yeah. and kind of gets into that kind of uh more like fear of the unknown and like not quite knowing like uh who you've been playing as and stuff like existential stuff yeah which works well conceptually when it is the player character right mm-hmm. like you are uh, by extension, like the player themselves is now controlling somebody that they, you never see, you never see your player character. Well, technically you do, but you mm-hmm. don't know that until yeah. the end of the game. You see him uh, in the opening cutscene, Right. <laughs> uh, so you have this sort of like distant relationship. So it, it does put your, you imagine when you run into something, you go, Oh, I ran into that. Not like the fisherman did. Uh, not mm-hmm. that you would for any game, but like yeah, I feel like it's it's open enough to let you self insert. Yeah, bit. yeah, it's a self insert character for sure. Yeah, I do want to say I guess before we move on to anything else uh, that's sort of related to this, um, 
that the way that I played this game was a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I started the game when it came out and got like three quarters of the way through it and then just finished it before we started talking. So mm-hmm. as part of my preparation for the episode, uh, I watched a playthrough of the game and it was really interesting to me, uh, uh interesting. I don't know. I don't want to say embarrassing unless you come <laughs> out of the gates going like, oh, you're stupid. Uh-huh. But uh, I, like, I didn't see the twist at the ending coming. It may have been my distance from the rest of the game. I wasn't, like, actively puzzling it out during the six months intermittent period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did, like, I, I was, when I got to the point where you take the book and it's you, you are the person you're talking to. Mm-hmm. I thought that, that twist actually was because I, I we start by calling out the fact that Cosmic Horror is notoriously hard to do, and this game doesn't quite get there. But I don't think that the narrative elements of this game are bad. Uh, mm-hmm. And case in point, I think that the ending is actually very good. Uh, I really liked the uh, sort of like deception that leads you into that. And then when I was rewatching somebody play the game, there are just like an infinite number of clues mm-hmm. as to the fact that you and the collector are the same person, or at least that you are not new to the area. Uh, and it's very, I don't know. It, it, it just, it made me feel, it made me go like, Oh, right. Of course mm-hmm. these things, like, I'm glad that there was lead up to it. Somebody could reasonably have come to the conclusion and not just by being extremely paranoid, <laughs> a la every character in every game is going to betray you. Uh, <laughs> but it it was actually written well and I think is a well-executed twist. Yeah, I mean, that's what makes a good twist is that magic trick of mm-hmm. having all the clues, but you still don't pick up on it. Uh, yeah, like I never, for uh, one half of a split fucking second, like, <laughs> considered it, so... Uh, yeah, I didn't figure it out either. Um, but yeah, if you revisit the beginning, like the, even the way he's introduced, he's just like on your boat, yeah. and like you're looking at him through the window, so he's like a reflection. Like it, it almost feels heavy-handed when you watch it again, but like you don't think anything about it. I think it because it's mysterious, you know. Like it, I think it sets up like a a game like a tone that it's gonna be mysterious and have weird characters that like you don't think too much about it right yeah and i guess that is sort of where the genre play kind of comes in because it is you are set to see something that is unexpected but you aren't looking for you wouldn't imagine that it would be so clear you would you're like tr- you're thinking more abstractly because of the genre that it's trying to be in. So mm-hmm. I can kind of get that. Uh, well, the other part of the game is fishing, <laughs> right? Uh, and meters and management. Um, so I uh, one of the things I so in the end I I always do this I'll like la- lead off with something that is like negative and then be like but I like the game mm-hmm. uh, I liked this game uh, un- uh, unsurprisingly I I thought it was good but uh, obviously I think it has problems etc cetera, etc cetera. one of the things that I liked about the game that I have a suspicion that you didn't engage with really mm-hmm. uh, is why I sent you the screenshot. 
Uh-huh. Uh, and that is just managing numbers and space in the inventory. Mm-hmm. What I sent you was <laughs> my final boat. Like, this was the setup I had when I ended the game. Mm-hmm. And I was curious if you put even a little bit of effort into, like, min-maxing this stuff. Uh, I don't know that I would describe it as min-maxing. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, I did engage with it. Um, yeah, I like these kinds of systems when that's like what the game is about um Mm. yeah so like i i got the achievement for having the perfectly filled out uh inventory uh where like you're occupying every space so um i i wouldn't say yeah like i i I upgraded to the the fourth hull but i didn't get all the improvements on the last one um so i upgraded the boat most of the way um, and I did have a combination of rods that let me catch anything. Uh, I did not have the fastest engines. I really spent most of my research things on rods for most of the sense, game. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. Mine wasn't quite that robust, but it wasn't too far behind. Okay. My, it, I was mostly trying to gauge based on your reaction is if you were going to be like, haha like if you just immediately (laughs) laughed at this which i feel like is something like if i had been like here's my spear grid in final fantasy 10 right you would have been like i just kept putting them in the next thing right i was like i spent 40 minutes every (laughs) 10 seconds to level up i will say looking at this it bothers me that that lobster trap is just kind of floating there (laughs) uh don't worry about that Uh, I'm pretty sure I just like scooped that up or something. I mm-hmm. I didn't. Uh, this was not a picture that I planned for anyone really to see until just now. So uh huh. Uh, but yeah, I don't know that kind of a thing. I, and this is what we were talking about before. There's a lot of management in terms of yes, there's inventory management, which is like the main. It's one of the two main systems that sort of like impedes your progress. Like th- those are the things that you have to fight against, but. There's also management of just, like, your upgrades and, like, what are you spending your time on and the and the panic meter, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not a meter. It's technically it's an eyeball, uh, which is just a sanity bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I feel like a lot of it ends up – it doesn't make me feel stressed, really. It makes me feel like an accountant. It almost, like, distracts from those kinds of feelings. It gives you, like, mm-hmm. busy work to keep your mind occupied. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, God, what are all these whispers and the, uh, monsters appearing from the deep? It's like, well, I'll think about those in a minute, because mm-hmm. right now I'm going to make sure that all of these fish line up. Yeah, it, it manages, I think, to affect it, or it did manage to affect me that way, like, early in the game, um, when I wasn't as, like... Uh, proficient at like what i was doing like i would uh like the second time i booted it up i forgot how fast time passes and i ended up like somewhere and it was nighttime and like i fucking got attacked by a sea monster and (laughs) then all the crows came and i was like fuck (laughs) you know but like after that that nothing like that really ever happened again because it's like easy to avoid it when you know what you're doing yeah I think that's kind of the main, uh, like, as far as the horror of the game goes, the main downside uh, is that, yeah, it's just, 
maybe the, it, the responsibility is supposed to be on the player and you're if you're like oh well this is easy so i'm going to play more risky mm-hmm. which would happen occasionally but it ends up being like the sweet spot for the game is once you get a handle on the mechanics and then the first like one zone that you do and then after that I feel like you just know enough how to manage things. Like, you know how far you can go with your current engine set up, like, within a day's time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can pretty easily avoid being out too long to raise panic. And you know not to go check out that cool ship, because it's actually an anglerfish, which is, like, <laughs> the best scare in the entire game. Uh, and it works exactly one time, but then continues to patrol the seas for the rest of the game. Uh I don't know. It's just like there's a lot of stuff that could be cool, but you as the player are given way too many tools to manage it. And it's just not that difficult to manage in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know. Bones me out. <laughs> yeah. In like the third area with that's like the swampy area with the airmen. Uh, yeah. There are like these monsters just occupying the swamp. And I'm like, are they supposed to like attack me? Because I would like I would sail right past them and they would do nothing, and I don't uh, know if it's just because I always sailed around with my light on, even if it was daytime, or if I just like kept my sanity that much in check. <laughs> because like they, yeah, they just just would always just sit there and I would sail right past them. I'm gonna say, and I cannot prove this, but that to me sounds like a bug. Mm-hmm. Uh, that zone was my favorite mechanically speaking my favorite zone i think like because each zone has its own like particular mechanic like monster essentially that you have to deal with Mm -hmm. and those guys will like follow you around with a red beam that will like that just makes your panic increase very Uh. quickly uh whereas like there's the one that just swims around and chases you in the waterfall place uh Mm. There's the mechanic with the piranha in the volcano. Right. And then there's the big kraken in uh, the basin. So the of the four, I felt like that one was the one for the jungle was the most engaging because it was like they would follow you and there were multiples of them and the like pathways would lock themselves and unlock themselves at random mm. uh, or maybe not at random. They're what maybe with some eldritch uh, (laughs) reasoning behind it. Uh, The eldritch machinations of some vines. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like they were functioning properly in your game. Yeah, I don't think that happened to me either. Like, I don't think the pathways ever changed. Oh, damn. That's bizarre. Mm Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past it for this game to just, like, have a memory leak. Like, yeah. <laughs> that happens to lots of games. Uh, yeah, like, di- was this, like, did you, like, play through, like, a huge portion of the game at once and then get to there and then end and then come back later? I did play. There was a really big chunk that I played. Uh, then that was probably included in the chunk. Because that may have been a thing. Yeah, I know. I, think, I don't know much about memory leaks, but yeah. I know that playing a game for a long time can cause them. Yeah, I think I finished up the third or the second zone, the reef, and then quit, and then played from the the jungle area to the end. 
in a second. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is not an interesting <laughs> conversation, but uh, yeah. Those... It would be very interesting if the person listening to it was a programmer <laughs> for the game. Right. They're like, oh, okay, yes, a bug report that I got from this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, but yeah, those monsters didn't follow me around. Sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but even then, even though they were, and I think to, to, to me, that zone ended up being, like, the scariest in the sense that, like, I was given a bit of a fright on occasion when going through. We've talked about this a million times and probably don't need to rehash it, but, like, you when you engage with horror media a certain amount, you get a bit desensitized and not a lot of games are like actually very frightening a- anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh that this this is like the one moment where this game had like a good scare for me, uh, once or twice. But even then, like it still wasn't like difficult. I never felt like I was in danger of dying. Mm-hmm. Uh things like that. Like it was uh I don't know. It's just kind of weird. I, I I felt like the systems were a bit too forgiving, and I wonder where tuning would need to be made to bring that back, mm-hmm. if it's even possible, right? Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because the the way the meter fills up is is interesting to me. Because like I I like that when you're fishing you can't lose the catch right like right. The, the penalty for fucking up is you lose time and i think that's really interesting because it's something i didn't even think about at first and then mm. I, when i thought like why could that seems like kind of strange that you can't fuck it up but yeah like because time is the most valuable resource and like on my first uh first uh couple minutes with the game i'm like sailing out there I'm catching some fish, you know, in between greater marrow and little marrow or whatever they're called. Um, And I'm like, I fuck up catching a fish a couple times. And then by the time I get it, it's nighttime. And I didn't even notice the time passing. And then I sail back towards greater marrow and I just run into a big rock that wasn't there before. (laughs) It it almost felt like it was scripted, like to Uh happen exactly like that. Um and yeah, I, I I don't know. I think it it just the element of like using time as a resource I thought was really interesting and effective. Yeah, yeah, and I I agree. Like I think uh, especially like considering when you're catching things that are not fish, when you're using the dredge, which I forgot entirely, you have to like unlock the ability to dredge in the mm-hmm. game. Like it's not like one of the things that you can start with immediately. Um, Interestingly, I guess only to me because I think it's weird that the game's name <laughs> is not a mechanic you can use immediately. Uh, but it is like uh, it takes so long to do, and they are typically the hardest like mini games to manage. And like, so you go out and you're just like, "Oh, I need wood. That's today. That's the whole day. I just got to get some wood from these three piles. So you got to travel there, get the wood." come back uh without being murdered and so those end up being like the major expeditions most of the time i had an extremely long expedition at one point <laughs> uh just trying to catch a sailfish as i was just going through the fucking ocean looking for them mm-hmm. but other than that it was always just to get upgrade materials and stuff right. uh 
But I, it's even with that, though, I still never felt like the time pressure. I wish that there was like a time limit, like Pikmin style, mm-hmm. where if you don't complete the game within a number of days, yeah, it counts. Something up would happen. The number yeah. of days. Yeah, I, I thought about that because, um, like, I think it it took me like a hundred and five or something. I finished on the days. very unsatisfying number of 101. Mm. I, could, I could have squeaked it in <laughs> at, at a day 100 if I tightened up my play at some point, but no. Yeah, I think there, there might just be too many places to dock. Like, if they, if they cut that yeah. number down a little bit, it would probably be more stressful. Because you would feel like you never really feel like you have to, like, plan out what your, your time or you're going to be fucked like right. you usually can find a dock not too far away, and then and once you get the ability to warp back to Black Isle, you can. It's just a freebie. Yeah, like even if you're in a terrible situation, you can just warp yourself away. Mm-hmm. Not to mention that there are fish that you can only catch at night, mm-hmm. and so you are going to be out at night, which at first is really intimidating. Like, I don't know about you, but when I started the game, I would I would loathe to venture too far away from the dock. Mm-hmm. It was it was a nightmare just to go across the way to the other island. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that uh, but, experience of hitting the rock on the first day really made me like, I think, comically like what <laughs> if it's like uh, 1800, I'm at the dock. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm ready. I'm going to bed promptly at six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but if you then like go out and do fishing at night, it completely demystifies that danger. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not that hard to be out at night. So sometimes, like, yes, if you were specifically trying to catch nighttime fish, you will sleep during the day and go out at night so that you have like a fresh panic meter. Mm -hmm. But even if you're out, like that's the only time that it becomes dangerous is if you are out all day and then also all night and just choose Mm -hmm. not to go back. Cause it's always your choice to just leave. And it's not that hard uh, to get back somewhere. There are very few times that I felt stressed in that situation and wished that I was feeling stressed. Yeah. I like at least like the reef area kind of tried to make you go out at night more. Like it Mm -hmm. had like the glowy fish that you had to get for the researcher and stuff. Like I think it tried a few things, but none of them were like 100% successful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does. Like, the game does force you to go out at night. But it's not, like, it's to me, it's less about, like, being out at night, which is important. Like, you do have to have the player do that. Otherwise, this is, like, the least <laughs> scary horror game of all time. Yeah, I think uh, it wants, like, you to go out at night and then to lose track of time. Like, I think it's kind of counting on its, like, gameplay loop to get you unexpectedly caught in like a sticky situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, yeah, it's just a too easy to avoid that. I think. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that like every, with the exception of, Oh, what is it called? The, what's the ability that just like kills a whole school, mm, school of fish. I don't remember. 
Atrophy. Mm. With the exception of Atrophy, every one of the abilities you get is just essentially a get-out-of-jail card. Yeah. Go real fast, teleport back, or literally make something (laughs) go away and stop bothering you. Yeah. I actually never used that one, because it seemed too good. I I had to learn about it. I just never found a a need to do it. Yeah, yeah. The only thing was, like, at the volcano area uh, with all the fucking fish that would swarm you, the piranhas. Yeah. Oh, does it make them detach? I would assume it does. I never tried it. (laughs) I forgot. Yeah, neither of us used it. Mm -hmm. If that is a use, that does sound more helpful Mm -hmm. than having to, like, go find a vent to drive over. Uh, So that is one thing. Uh yeah, I don't know. It's just like there were too many tension release valves to make mm-hmm. it ever successfully scary. Yeah, and those power-ups were like way too OP as well. Yeah. I never actually used atrophy either. I used exactly mm-hmm. two of the power-ups. Yeah, the... Go fast and go fast but to one place. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh To me like atrophy just felt like why are we skipping the whole fishing system? <laughs> like, that's ostensibly why I'm playing the game. Right. Uh, but yeah. T- speaking of fishing and uh-huh. fish, this is maybe one of the clumsiest segues uh, that we've ever done. Uh, Could, you mean do, you've uh, ever done? Okay. Don't rope me into this. You're you are just as culpable as yeah, I. Don't reel me into this. There it is. Do you want to cast our lines to talk about the fish and fishing after, after the, the break? break? Uh, yeah, we can do that. All right, cool. <laughs> Welcome back. So, <laughs> we talked about some of the story, which I think there's still more to talk about. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the, like, very numbers-intensive part of the mechanics. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I'm very happy to be able to say this, uh, I think one <laughs> of the things that really bridges the gap between narrative and mechanic is fish. Uh, right. <laughs> and maybe this is the only game where that's the case. Uh, but I found the fish encyclopedia collecting part of the game to be pretty compelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is the way that you make money. It is your primary reason for going places and uh, doing things uh, outside of the like main quests of the game <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, is is catching fish, like getting new ones, finding aberrations, uh, and you know using those to make money to buy upgrades for your ship. Like that is your gameplay loop. Um, so I, I'm glad that they took the effort to make the fish cool. I, I think aesthetically, I think the I like the art style, mm-hmm. um, and I we should talk about the art style of the whole game. But, like, did you find... I know that you're not the kind of person who catches every Pokemon on every mm-hmm. route. 
Uh, and so I a also person. Uh huh. That's <laughs> not true. Uh, if I can put, go to our comment section and let us know if you're now, the kind of person. I, I actually would probably imagine the split is pretty fifty fifty. It's it is possible. That's what makes us a good podcast duo mm-hmm. because we represent the two kinds of people. Exactly. The people, who, yeah. <laughs> the people who catch all of the uh, Pokemon and the people who like Animaniacs. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> not gonna explain that joke. No, of course not. Um, I don't even know if I know. It's a South Park uh, reference. Okay, I got you. Uh. But yeah, so I assume that you were not compelled to finish the encyclopedia. I didn't in this game. Mm, not even uh, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, I also I also found the fish to be very cool. And um, anytime there was like a quest to go find specific fish, I enjoyed it a lot. And I mm-hmm. did, you know, like do my own like exploring and finding of of new fish. But like. There just wasn't a push there for me to like get them all, like even a little right. bit. Yeah, and, and and that makes sense. I think that maybe if there was a reward, and maybe I mean there is in the form of an achievement, but achievements lost their ability to really motivate people. At least by and large, there are definitely still people who are motivated by achievements, but I think that they're the gamer score mm-hmm. introduced on the Xbox 360 has not been a relevant metric for a lot of people in uh, probably a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so if there was like, you get all the fish and there might be, I'm not saying there isn't for sure. Like you catch one of every fish and all the aberrations and stuff. Then I don't know. They give you like uh, the super rod or whatever. Yeah. There's probably uh, some kind of a reward for it. Luckily, but, yeah. it's. I feel like if this game came out like ten years ago, you would have had to have caught all the fish to get like the true ending or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've true. moved past that as a yeah. society, largely. And it it feels so weird. Like we're talking about this as a as a horror game, and it is in fact what we dedicated the majority of the first half of the episode to. Mm-hmm. But like, God, how unscary it would be. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of time you'd have to spend around. would be scary. Yeah, that's horrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, I, I don't know. Like, I found it to be, I like that they put the effort in to make the fish seem cool. Mm-hmm. And I like uh, the mechanics around the fishing and, like, depleting stock in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there being, like, places that you can, like, look in your encyclopedia and be like, where, oh, if I have to find this. I have to go to this, and you pull up the big C chart, uh, which looks cool, mm-hmm. and you find where you go, and then you plan a route, and you go there, and you catch your fish. Uh, that stuff all works really well for me. I think that's great. Um, but yeah, I think even though I am the kind of person who is easily compelled, see in Spooktember in July, <laughs> uh, when I got all the spirits in uh, Ghostwire Tokyo... <laughs> Uh, a truly Sisyphean effort. Uh, I was still not compelled to complete the fish cyclopedia mm. this time around. Um, I might have been if I was playing this more casually, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. They. I feel like it did need a push. I do agree with you. Yeah, I did like the sparkly pools uh, that indicated uh, shiny Pokemon. I mean, special fish. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Do you think that this game took any design cues from Pokemon? Or do you think that that is just like so much part of the language of games now that they probably didn't even think about uh, it? I don't think that you can make a game where you collect like creatures and not think about Pokemon. I don't think it's possible. That is probably true, yeah. Uh, but it's really not like Pokemon at all. <laughs> no. That would, would be... It would be really cool, though, if you had to get, like, a lobster trap to catch a Krabby or something. Oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> you just got to go Pokemon... with a more simulation, yeah. Yeah, it needs to be thinking about Dredge in their next iteration. Mm-hmm. You can go dredge up some Ultra Balls <laughs> so that you can do whatever. Yeah, did you... <laughs> You just fish for old poke pokeballs that got lost at sea. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, did you ever find yourself using the net? Oh, the troll nets. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I found myself just forgetting that they existed a lot of the time. They are, if I'm remembering correctly, like. Sort of like the best, but also most useless item in the game, <laughs> where they're extremely good at just generating money because you just float around and then you dump them off somewhere. Um, in fact, in the screenshot I sent you, where that horrible discus of blood <laughs> currently is, there used to be a trawl net there. Right. Uh, because the two rods that covered all other uh, fish types fit in on one side. So I was like, what do I do with this space? Um, so I did run with the trawl net a little bit, but like, there's no r real need for it. I feel mm -hmm. like I was never really short on cash after the first couple hours. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they are good mechanically speaking, but I think the thing that they provide is just not really all that needed. Mm -hmm. I agree. Whereas I feel like the crab pots are a cool idea. Yeah, um, very cool. But it was but easy to, to drop somewhere and then forget about. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet you that there are like five or six crab pots still floating out in the mm -hmm. ocean in my game that I just it was like I guess I'm never coming back for it. Yeah, especially when you get to the volcanic zone and there's just like these giant fucking crabs <laughs> can you remind me am i misremembering this or can you like leave a marker on the map i think it puts a little crab on the map oh does it put a oh no i think it does that does not speak well for my memory because <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure i just left some shit out there and never went back for mm -hmm. it yeah i think it does it for you and just marks it on there. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I do like the crab pots just as like a a way to to like more like hone what you're actually like catching, or like just as a way to encourage you to sort of go out of your way to do something. Yeah, it's uh, a, it can add time to your day and things. Like yeah, that. it's a good difference in kind. Um, yeah, whereas I just feel like the the net wasn't personally right uh, yeah like very specifically the net does not really do anything mechanically yeah like the the um, the researcher lady requires you to use it to catch a certain fish like a jellyfish or something and that was the first time i had used a net <laughs> <laughs> other than when it like tutorialized it or whatever oh yeah i think that is true i think that you need the nets to catch 
certain certain things, things, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I stand corrected. There, <laughs> there is a purpose to it. Uh, but yeah, I, I only used it a couple of times. Uh, I know like the whole time I was in the volcano area, I, I had one equipped cause I just had no need for anything else in that mm-hmm. spot. I guess I could have used it for storage space, but like, I wasn't really at the point of the game when I was just like catching a lot of stuff. Right. Um, I, a, a lot of the time that I spent in the game was focused on leveling up and shit. Right. Uh, did that result in you having to farm materials? <laughs> yes. So I did do a little bit of material farming, and I had my ship completely leveled up mm-hmm. uh, probably an hour or two before I ever went to the volcanic area. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, and which is a weird space to be in because then, like, there's a huge chunk of just, like, places that you would normally be excited to find mm. that now no longer hold anything useful and, for at you. At least you got to like make use of the fully upgraded ship though. Like That is true. I I finished the volcano area and I did them all in order and then I was like okay, now I'll upgrade my ship to the final hull and then I'll start the end of the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> Expecting there to be at least a little bit of something I had to do mechanically. Uh but it is just a narrative ending. No, so you just I just go to a spot. Yeah, so I did not get to make use of my extra space. Yeah, that is unfortunate. But yeah, I, I will say, yeah, good. I was just gonna say, I, I just, I think I wish that you didn't have to farm materials. Like I wish that you could find. Like I like that they're at shipwrecks, and they're a thing you have to like seek out and pay attention for. But I do wish there were like more of them or something. So you didn't have to just like stop what you were doing occasionally and just go like, fuck, I got to this one's got cloths and I know I need cloth. So I'm just going <laughs> to fucking drain this one and put it in uh, yeah, storage or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Like it, it's always uh, to me, it was always something where I would find because like there are a few early in the game, the early part of this game, I said when you once you get the hang of the mechanics and then up until, like, the second zone is, like, the game's sweet spot. That's honestly not really all that true. <laughs> the early part of the game has a lot of, there is a place right there that has wood. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, dredge up a bunch of wood, then go back and sleep, and then do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. That is a big downside, because that's, like, the the point where you go from, like, the level zero to the level one. And that upgrade is boring, essentially. It's just yeah. a very boring part of the game. Uh, but yeah, after that, I feel like the way to do it is more closelier to the way that you did it, which is actually just sort of play the game and don't worry <laughs> yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it ended up giving it weird pacing for me, though, because like the coral reef area with the big kraken feels like it was half of the game for me. Right. Cause like uh, I uh, th- like that was I think I had like one upgrade at that point, and then I was like I need to upgrade the hull again, cause like the crack in hitting me made me realize I can't my ship can get hit like one time, uh, and uh, yeah I don't know I just ended up like farming a bunch of materials then, and then I found that quest a little hard to follow, and I didn't know what to do, and I was like yeah. felt like I was sailing around everywhere, <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't know if that was a result of how I like spread out my upgrades or how I was playing, but that felt like a big chunk of the game. 
Yeah. I, I found that that area was a bit... Uh, yeah, not well planned out, I think, would be the word. Like, uh, I liked the mechanic with the Kraken. And, like, once you have everything set up where you have to, like, sound the alarm mm-hmm. and then you have, like, some time to go, but you're, like, actually on a time limit. Something that we said the game did a pretty bad job of, of creating. And one of the one, uh, I think, effective moments of cosmic horror when you have to sail over the big deep pit that you can oh, like, yeah. see down into and you know there's a monster in there like yeah i just feel like sailing over that spot really delivered on like a terror of the ocean sort of thing that not a lot of the game does yeah that is true like they, it gives you that thalassophobia mm-hmm. uh response with the deep water it is nice uh and then forcing it because yeah because that's I, I if you know me you know that I was just like chopping at the bit for when I was going to be able to start fishing abyssal creatures. Yeah, I wish they would have done more with that. Agreed. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't know exactly what, but like, um, I know like Cthulhu or whatever lives in like some kind of like subterranean, like bottom of the ocean city. Yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, like I wanted to like dredge up like artifacts from some kind of ancient city or something with the abyssal rod. That'd be pretty sick. Uh, or even just like, cause the fish, I I found like the problem for me was the split between an abyssal fish, which in reality is the scariest living thing, mm-hmm. other versus... than a coconut crab. Other than coconut crab, <laughs> which you know, probably could survive down there. I'm pretty sure they could live through anything. Uh, and then this game is like very early on. You're like, this is a cod, but it's a cod that has 9,000 eyeballs. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's what the that's what the abyssal guy has in real <laughs> life. <laughs> Why are you taking his shit and making it? Uh, this cod that I get in the starting area, like uh, it was, it was like the difference between a real world horror mm-hmm. and the game's made up horror was not great enough, and I was, it was, I was disappointed lightly with the, the fact that like the abyssal creatures didn't quite live up to my hopes and dreams. Yeah, agreed. It's hard yeah. to imagine what they would do with them though. Very valid question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like the idea of making them so big that you could only carry like one. Or they're just kind of like a black smoke or something. Like you can't comprehend what they look like. Okay, yeah, you do one of those. Like it, the the aberrant version of like a goblin shark or something mm-hmm. is so hideous. <laughs> the human brain just shuts down as a defense mechanism. Yeah. Dredge, get a hold of us. <laughs> I realize we've asked this to like every developer. Yeah, you reel it. We in got some then... good ideas here. <laughs> you reel it in, and then you pass out, and you wake <laughs> up, and the merchant's handing you money, and you don't know what you caught. Exactly. There are like things where, like, if your panic gets really high and you talk to the merchant, she'll be like, "Are you all right? You've just been standing there for a while." Like, mm-hmm. there are like these moments where the game calls to attention the fact that your character is not all there mentally. Yeah. But something more literal, I think would be, I mean, maybe not, maybe I'm just a fucking low brow. Yeah. I like the Johnny. subtlety of that. <laughs> yeah. 
It is better that way, probably. Yeah, I like but it early on. You can incorporate it, other things in. Yeah, early on it like seeds that like the mirror tells you that the previous fisherman would go out all night and then he would come back with no fish. And then mm-hmm. you're like experience like the first time if you ever do this anyway. You you stay out all day and all night, and then when you're trying to get back, the like the seagulls come and they like eat all your fish. You're like, Oh, this is what the other guy would do. <laughs> right <laughs> he, he was just like losing his mind and he would stay out for too long and then all the monsters would eat his fish so and, like i think it does like it sets that up really well and as you know at the end of the game the old fisherman was also just you yeah, yeah, yeah. so you're sort of like repeating the same process i guess that makes the biggest question in the whole game the most cosmically terrifying <laughs> thing in the entire game is who's that mayor because you find the old mayor right on an island who's the new mayor why is this he why is he actively lying to you <laughs> uh i don't know I, I assume he's just like some guy a, a bad guy <laughs> yeah he's a, a villain he's a mustache twirler <laughs> i don't he seems like he's better at being a mayor than the old guy <laughs> well i mean now for sure <laughs> You don't want to, that would be like electing a cowboy boot the mayor if you put the old guy back in. He he does not have the mm-hmm. faculties well, for yeah, that. The new one knows not to go out on the boat with you, though. That is true. A wise decision. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, but to go back to the reef part of the game, mm-hmm. which I was making a comment on and then just completely got distracted. Uh, I think that the the pacing of that area is just sort of badly planned out because it does require you to just like repeatedly go back and forth from mm-hmm. you go like from dock to the island where the researcher is mm-hmm. and then you the get fort. some stuff and then you go back and then you do it over and over and over again uh, to slowly upgrade like one piece of equipment to mm-hmm. allow you to catch fish. Uh and, like, a lot of the other ones require similar things, but, like, with the two brothers in the one area with the waterfall. Right. Uh, and you have to, like, go out and get to actually, you have to get the, the insignia or whatever it is to, like, get them back together and shit. Like, it feels like there's more of a, there's a narrative there, mm-hmm. and you keep learning more about it. And then in the with the Kraken, it's just, like, the Kraken's the cool part, and the narrative part is just, like, go left go right come back Mm -hmm. well like the other areas are more interconnected like the 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 kraken area you can't cut across the middle of the circle so if you want to go back to a place you have to go all the way around yeah so it's (laughs) It's a lot harder Mm -hmm. so it is is more time consuming just a real maybe that is what it is i just hate when things (laughs) consume my time i should love this game honestly uh what is the okay so i don't know if this makes any sense at all Mm -hmm. but uh do you feel like the way that the game handles speed to be interesting i should maybe explain what i mean by that you mean like using the speed power up yeah, well, I mean, like, you, or your as you upgrades. improve your engines, yeah. yeah, you go faster, but the game doesn't really, I mean, it sort it does, in a way, make you move faster, but it also just makes, like, things take less, things that seem like they would be taking the same amount of time take less time, because the, 
the way that the clock works because it only mm. moves when you're moving. So like you are going faster in the sense that you could get to more places within like the the day. God, it is hard to explain. This is also Eldritch. Uh, <laughs> I can't say I really noticed. Uh, maybe I, it felt like I was moving faster when I upgraded the engines, but maybe oh, yeah. I, I was just you taking the placebo. <laughs> what I mean by it is just like, I like the fact that... It's like it, it affects the, the time the time. Yeah, the time yeah. system. It makes things seem closer when you're moving faster without it being like in any other game where like you hit a sprint button, right? Mm -hmm. Like you were just gradually increasing your speed. So by the end of the game, like going from one side of the map Mm. to the other doesn't feel like a literally impossible task. Okay. Whereas at the beginning, it's impossible to imagine going to the Island that's right next to where you start. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's like the progression of your like ability. It feels very smooth. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, it is subtle. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, the, I feel like the first time I like installed an engine that made me noticeably move faster, it was like, oh fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it does that. Like that, it gives you that spirit of adventure. Mm-hmm. Like, think of all the places I can get. Yeah, because I feel like when I added like the second engine, like it didn't really seem like I moved any faster at all. But then, like, I got like an upgraded one, and I slotted it in there. I was like, oh, now, now we're sailing. Oh, yeah. Now, this is the real shit right mm-hmm. here. Uh, so you want to talk about those visuals? Yes. And how the game looks? Uh, I guess I, there's a couple of different angles that come at it. Like um, like the kind of, I don't know if I want to call it visual novel elements, but like the way you talk to NPCs and stuff. There's something, I don't know if it's like the sound design, just to throw another thing on the pile. Um, but there's something about like the, I don't know if it's the music or the sound effects, like when you're talking to characters or the sound of the text or whatever, it just really reminded me of Pyre. I don't know Mm. how well you remember, uh, the visual elements of Pyre, but like, uh, it's like atmospherically, it felt really similar to, uh, talk to characters. (laughs) Yeah. I, I have to imagine that they were like made it with a similar goal in mind because the character interaction in both games now empire the character interaction is like the point of the game right you think the point of the game is playing soccer that's incorrect the point of the game is actually let's learn to about all of these characters and all the things that they did in their lives uh drudge obviously is not as like character heavy Mm -hmm. but the the way that everything pops up in the sound, the aesthetics, like the illustrated characters are done in kind of a similar way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's like it's there's also something about it that like keeps you engaged and makes it feel like a scene. And it's not like in like an RPG or something where you might be tempted to just mash through the dialogue sometimes. You know, like it yeah, just... I definitely was never tempted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, the airman is the only guy that mm. I was like, he, he would give me this big, long, like list of things that he wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I would just go, I'll be on my way <laughs> and I'll just, you know, deal with it as I go. Uh, and there may have been other examples of that where there was just like a lot of dialogue. And I was just like, I'm going to go back to what I was doing rather than <laughs> read all this. Uh, but I do agree for the most part. I think 
especially early on, like the people in the town uh, and the people at, it would have really behooved me to pull up a list of, of location names. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the cultist at Devil's Spine, mm-hmm. uh, there are lots of like cool places with interesting people. Uh, and it, it does actually make you want to sort of like learn as much as you can, because obviously within this game genre, you really can't learn everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the actual like aesthetics themselves, like the way the graphics look, uh, it, 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 I feel like is an interesting like contrast to the subject matter. Cause it mm. like, I know I mentioned in the first half, like it almost kind of looks like a pleasant indie game. Like your boat is like cute you know um yeah and like it, it, like on one part of my brain i feel like it like contrasts with the eldritch horror thing but then on the other half i feel like it just kind of works and i don't really know how to describe it i think the color palette helps a lot um just like the art direction's really great um so it is kind of hard to describe but like i think it's a it's a artistic decision that really lands yeah uh, seconded on the color palette, I think that that was, like, a because, like, the game is, it is an Eldritch Horror, like, cosmic horror title, but it is also, like, a seafaring adventure about a fisherman, mm-hmm. and I feel like it very, like, you have to sell the ocean both as, like, an appealing thing and also as, like, a, a vast, dangerous location. Um, and so I, I feel like they do a lot of good work where... In some places, the water feels very welcoming and warm, and then other places they they do it in a more like cool and like greens and browns mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. That I think does a lot to sell, even when you're not thinking about it. Like I'm in danger here versus this feels safe. And then at nighttime, when everything flips, like mm-hmm. uh, it's very good. Otherwise, I, like I'm trying to think about the art of this game. Like, mm-hmm. it has this style to it that, in certain places, I think really shines. Like, mm-hmm. I think the the illustrations, like the fish, the characters, uh, anytime that the game cuts away from the actual like rendered graphics, mm-hmm. I think are all re- done really well. Um, obviously, art is subject to taste, but like. The, to me, like, these are very cool and intriguing designs. But I think that, like, the world itself, like, there's something very lo-fi about it in a way that almost contrasts with the, like, the stuff that to me is what feels real, mm-hmm. which are those illustrations. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm pretty positive. Mm-hmm. I think the colors are great, but I do think that like the the graphics, I guess, mm-hmm. are are holding it back a bit. But I don't like hold it against it. It's just like that's I don't know. Yeah, I feel similarly. It, it is hard to describe. Like it's like they're not doing anything for the game specifically, but they aren't a detriment to it either. <laughs> they're very good enough yeah uh, but they graphics. they're better than good enough though they definitely have yeah. their own appeal but they are in a middle ground i i think the thing that bums me out and i'm i'm putting this in the language that i know mm-hmm. uh which is just like mechanics essentially like you ever come across an island and you're like oh this piece of land 
in an otherwise open sea. And so you go to investigate it. And there's, like, one thing to do or Mm -hmm. nothing to do. And you just see this kind of, like, blocky, tawdry, patterned island with just nothing on it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, that was a waste of my time (laughs) (laughs) to even come here. What did I expect from this? Uh I think that's what bums me out. I felt like I, I would be excited to find like points of interest and then have them not be that interesting either narratively or mechanically. Mm-hmm. Though there are some that are. I feel like the vast majority of it is like there's one of those guys in a robe and then you're never, ever going to get a fish to him in time. <laughs> right. I think I succeeded in one of those quests. Yeah, I didn't even... I just didn't even try... <laughs> with those guys uh i i didn't find one of them till pretty late in the game okay that's fair i found one like immediately and spent a lot i was like okay because i knew like the fish name mm-hmm. but i had not caught the fish yet so i was like i'll go around and whenever i find the fish i'll bring it back to him and i did i found it i brought it back he died uh <laughs> of a presumably starvation uh, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize these. So anytime I saw one of those guys, I would just like write down what square he was in and then avoid it like the plague. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, one of them manages to ask for one that I uh, a fish that I didn't know and I had to go find and he died also. And then one <laughs> of them, I was like very dedicated. I was like, I've got everything in this area mapped out what do you need? And like, would just run as fast as I can back and forth. So I completed exactly one of those quests, (laughs) which I imagine means that I didn't get whatever the narrative satisfaction of completing them is because he just like turned into a pile of dust or something (laughs) after doing a ritual. So I I bet if you do all of them, there's some, a payoff to it, but I don't know. Uh, did you have any thoughts on the side quest system at all? I don't really, if I'm being honest. Uh, uh, what exactly do you mean by the side quest system? Like when you like, there's a page, the right. pursuits, yeah, mm-hmm. like a quest and board. Just, yeah, and it just like slowly fills out with squares. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I felt like it was more manageable than some other games. Like, Fair. So, sometimes like quest journals are like a fucking nightmare in certain games so i it is and i'm a more more readable than a bomber's notebook yeah like i'm a more visual person so having it laid out in a grid like that i i I don't know that's fair yeah i didn't really have strong opinions on it i i think my biggest problem is that i felt like they didn't I didn't want to look at that screen mm. for a side quest or something like because so, it, it was mashed together with the main quests. So it would just be like this big wall of text of things that I've done and things that I haven't done. And I'm just like, I don't know. I was never <laughs> it never made me feel compelled to do the side quests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are like a few of them that I still haven't done. So uh, but who knows? maybe I will. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Probably won't. Mm hmm. I don't know. Maybe the DLC comes out. I'll, I'll get around to it. That's true. I would be interested to check it out and see if it takes any inspiration from uh, the thing. Because <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of when you said Arctic. <laughs> Definitely a possibility. 
Uh, I guess the the only other thing I have is just that I really like that you can see the lighthouse from most places in the world. Um, like I, whenever I was uh, sailing around in that jungle area, I noticed like you could like look out through the trees where and it's like an area where you feel very separated from yeah. the rest of the game world. And like, yo, you can see it out there. <laughs> so I think I always like stuff like that, that kind of like uh landmark signposting sort of stuff yeah it, it does in fact serve the purpose of an actual lighthouse mm-hmm. for i don't know maybe the very first time <laughs> in video game history uh so that is definitely worth praise i would say <laughs> there's probably a lighthouse in the wind waker <laughs> That's probably true, but one that like, like actually would guide you. I, mean, I feel like it's it? bright enough. It's bright enough. Draw in distance, the Wind Waker I guess. to just like go. Yeah, yeah draw distance, maybe. Uh, in Dredge, uh, though, you're like yeah. that's the way I go. I'll have to replay the uh, the Wii U remaster of Wind oh, Waker to see if uh, you can see <laughs> a, a, uh, the, a lighthouse from far away. You gotta have the HD remake, otherwise mm-hmm. that lighthouse not not guiding shit. To my memory, the only song I can think of that plays in this game is the one that plays when you talk to people. Mm. And I, for some reason, just started putting the lyrics to the Hundred Acre Wood song to it, and it like fit. Because you can kind of just sing anything to anything. Well, yeah. I just had like a tonal moment where that was like, just like the words. A donkey named Eeyore. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it just absolutely ruined it. And mm-hmm. it's entirely my fault for doing that. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, I think that that one song is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I My note on the music is I just I think it really suits the game. Like I think mm-hmm. it like um almost kind of ebbs and flows much like the uh the tides. <laughs> yep. Um but like there are points where like it'll like kind of dynamically like become more prevalent in like the sound where like and I think it's like when you approach a town like it'll kind of swell a little or like when you like do certain things. Um but it never like takes the forefront. Right. It's always ambient to some extent. Mm-hmm. But it gets like and, and a little we- bit more melodic uh, when you like go certain places. Yeah, when you're actually around like civilization. Uh, and and I, I do want to give the sound designer, whoever they are, there's probably a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, do respect here because there is that uh, all of the sound effects in this game sound like what they're supposed to sound like except a little bit off uh in a way that i think they just managed to do really well like the sound of like getting a new fish is a fanfare that's like mm-hmm. but if you just took some of the notes and had them wilt and fall off of it yeah it's like like they're, like they're sinking right it's great like uh the i think the sound design that like the non-diegetic sounds mm-hmm. are especially good at just being like off-putting and mm-hmm. creepy yeah they're, so. they're stylized yeah. but you don't always think of sound as being stylized <laughs> do we have fish thoughts <laughs> Uh, That's the fastest I've come up with one in a year. Mm-hmm. My fishing thoughts are uh, 
Yeah, this game is really cool. Uh, I think the concept is like a a, a pretty inspired one. Um, doing a a, a Lovecraftian horror fishing game, just like sold. You know, like <laughs> yeah. you hear about that. Um, if that overlaps with your interests at all, uh, you're probably in. Uh, but yeah, like I do think it it, it does feel a little less cohesive than it could um like yeah like the management of the all your resources and your fish and your space and your time uh kind of distract you from scary thoughts or in situations (laughs) like they give you something to manage and keep your brain busy um and not letting it wander so those kind of go against each other a little bit but um the game still is a lot of fun, like collecting the fish, uh, exploring the world, and it has some really great moments. So, like, I, I overall, I think it's a very, very good game, but it doesn't quite get to like an elevated uh, spot of being like great, um, which is a little bit of a bummer because I definitely wanted it to be. Uh, the game seems seemed very cool and almost got there, but uh, yeah, so. I really enjoyed my time with it. Um, yeah, it just it just felt good to play, and it wasn't too long, and it it's in a lot of ways it did hit the nail on the head from what I wanted out of it. Uh, but like you know, like kind of like from like a like kind of more of a mechanical side, and mm-hmm. didn't quite live up to it on like a tonal side for me. Yeah, I I think that's fair. Um, I really can't disagree with anything that you said. Like. Uh, for me, I also wanted to jump into this game immediately, uh, when I heard about it, it, I even had like, I had heard about it prior to it coming out by a couple of months and it was a game that I was actively looking forward to. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I find it difficult to describe what it is that makes this game fun, uh, in a way that is like succinct or, does a good job of selling it however they marketed this game they did a good job because like a lot of people did play it uh and i know that a lot of people did like it but it's one of those things where i think that its main concept kind of fails but you know it not in an unfun way it's not a way that makes the game bad they took the most notoriously difficult to emulate style of horror writing and applied it to a game that is all about fishing and managing an economy. And to fail at that is not a mark against you. That is a very <laughs> tough balance to strike. Uh, and just because it fails to strike that balance in a way that does justice to both sides doesn't mean that either side is really ex- extremely bad. I think that the actual mechanics of fishing are very compelling uh, and upgrading it feels really good to get a new hull upgrade and to like start slotting all of your extra material you have lying around into the different upgrade trees uh and then to go from that into like making money so that you can buy things and opening up new paths with the dynamite which we didn't even really talk about like those are all things that feel like good progression and keep you playing uh and it's all set in a very like aesthetically interesting manner uh, so I, I do recommend the game. I do think it is very good. Um, 
it's just like like you said i think <laughs> your final thoughts apply to both of ours <laughs> in that it is a very good game that just doesn't hit that extra dimension it needs to become a game that is like above and beyond or below and beyond or below and unknown beyond the sea out there waiting for me uh and if you're waiting for us you can find us at thank you for listening to no clip this week what are we talking about next time uh next time we're speaking of the unknown Mm -hmm. we're going to a place where not even language is known to you uh and we're going to be talking about tunic uh that's kind of that may I haven't started the game yet. That makes sense, right? It does. In fact. <laughs> uh, in- but yeah, yeah there's an in-game manual and it is written in a language you cannot understand. Yeah, so you have to sort of piece it together. And we'll talk about it next time. Mm-hmm. Uh which is our Zelda month where we're talking about <laughs> games that aren't Zelda but are like close to it. And also uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. And also Super Mario <laughs> Brothers. Get ready, motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> until that time, uh, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information uh, is beyond the sea at noclippodcast.com uh, or on splattershot.pro. Uh, there you can find links to our email email address, our Twitter account, and uh, all, our, all of our old episodes are on there, uh, including... Ones that we did on, I mentioned World of Horror, uh, uh, which we did, I think, last year for Halloween. Um, might have been the year before, yeah. but <laughs> Something time like is a flat circle, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which is similarly uh, Lovecraftian, but otherwise a million billion Halloween horror games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eternal Darkness, that's kind of like cosmic horror. Yeah, Eternal Darkness and Amnesia. Amnesia mm-hmm. is built on the HPL engine, which is literally just short for HP Lovecraft. So. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've tackled some Lovecraft before. Mm-hmm. We've we've gone there. We've you know? tackled Lovecraft himself before. Uh-huh. We beat him up for being such a dead <laughs> Gen- racist. And such a generous lover. <laughs> he is also, but yeah, don't worry. He was a generous lover, is what we've been told. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, fucking drown that like button. Uh, dredge up that subscribe button. And resurrect your dead wife in the comment section. Dredge. <laughs>